Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. It is 4 p.m. The sky is a brilliant summer blue, and Phallus is churning with the latter part of Prophet Day Week. A place of sun cloaks, circular windows, twinkling lights, and redwood trees. The roads here are well paved, for the most part. Down one of the raggedier ones, Dylan drives back to Lyoth Hall. Ah, he's gotten his license back. He's feeling on top of the world but anxious. He's got seven cups of different coffee orders in the back seat for the Lithe family, Tara and Agnes. No one's asked him to do this, actually, but he has anticipated the need and wished to help. Somehow, every single member of the household has pulled an all-nighter since last night's events, except for Ellie, who was, to their credit, actively sedated. And she's being picked up from the downtown clinic now. She walks out, clinging to Agnes and squinting up at the dry summer sky. Luciana has driven Logan's fixed-up red SUV this morning and is parked at the pickup curb, with Mikhail sitting passenger and Dune and Eller in the far back. Each of them feels incredibly awkward, sad, angry, and confused respectively. No one has spoken on the drive here, and it is expected that there will be little conversation to be had on the road back. Hey. Hey, Bob. Hey, Ellie. Hey, you. Hi. You go first, friend. Ellie climbs into the seat behind Luciana and immediately stares out the window. How are you feeling? Fine. Was it, uh, fun? Oh, yeah. So fun. You headed home, Agnes? Yep. Would you like us to drop you off? Oh, 
Thanks, but uh, I'll walk, actually. Sounds good. Oh? Why? I've been sitting a lot. I'd like to walk. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, friend, you're so Where's good. Dad? Why didn't he come? He and Tara were up pretty late doing some important business things. And you believe him? Yes. Tara and Logan are right where we left them, only several unfruitful hours later. They've set the blue lore of Lyoth Hall in the downstairs library, in front of a lamp, unplugged, with the shade removed to expose the bare bulb. They sit slumped, dazed, and tired on a bench across from this blue thing. I know there's more of you. Are they your friends? The blue lore of Lyoth Hall slinks from the light into the corner. No, it appears not. Are we? It tilts its head. I mean, are we? I don't know. Silence. It's just been silence. No instruction, no wise words, nothing. Hey, you know how I know that? Because I've been here this whole time. Which is why we keep trying to- To get it to talk? No, it's not working. We need to be up and moving around, following it, not sitting. But the light is helpful. It allows us to but listen. But we're not! We're standing here arguing instead of What do you mean? I'm listening. No, you're not! You're... He's... What, Tara? You're talking over what I'm trying to that say. That doesn't mean I'm not... Ah. <sighs> uh, I'm sorry. It's... Thank you. <sighs> I do it too. I haven't noticed. Likely because... Yeah, I was... I was doing that. No, yeah. A moment of self-reflection, interrupted by the family coming home. Oh, they're back? Already? What time is it? (laughs) Mid-afternoon. A waste of time. Luciana enters the library, seeing Logan and Tara sitting opposite each other, staring into the book stacks. They don't seem to be doing better than Luciana feels at the moment. Lo? How's Ellie? Is she with you? She's... She went right upstairs. Ah. They're not okay. They can sort it out. We've been telling them that for 17 years now. I don't think they believe that anymore. Go. You sure? Lucy's right. It's not going to get better without you. I'll be back as soon as I can. (laughs) No, we have time. I think. Take care of your family. Thanks. Thanks. Logan and Luciana dip out of the library. Logan takes his partner's hand in doing this. The blue lore stands across from Tara, behind the shadeless lamp. Okay, so... So... Tara's waiting. For what? It cannot speak. Am I spending my time doing the wrong thing? Right at this moment, or in the cosmic sense? Hello? Please, please? Come on! I'm sick of waiting! I don't like waiting. No, we do not. I don't even know what I'm waiting for. I'm sorry, I'm... I'm here. If you want to. 
I don't know, not talk, but yeah. The blue lore watches her and watches and watches. Then it unscrews the light bulb from the lamp and holds it. It seems to try it out, light on, light off. Satisfied with this hack, the blue lore moseys out of the library. Do you want me to follow you? Light brightens. It leads her across the main hall through some wandering folks checking out the public areas and into the hall of offices across the way. It looks into Logan's and moves along. It looks into Tara's and enters. It rummages through her drawers. What are you? It takes a handful of inquiry sheets. You have an inquiry for me? Yes, it appears so. Uh, how can I help? Can you write? Head tilt. Hand outstretched. The last time Alora made contact with Tara was last night, and it had left a lasting mark that aches a bit when she moves her arm a certain way. She hesitates profusely. This lore waits patiently while she does this. Why? Head tilt, hand outstretched. Tara takes it. Nothing happens. Tara waits for something to happen, as does the blue lore of Wyeth Hall, but no, they just stand here together, hand in odd hand somehow. It is a lukewarm hand, glowing brightly in Tara's, firm under her touch, but static-filled and buzzing and full. Hey, Tara. What you doing? Shaking hands with air. Haha, <laughs> fun. Hey, what are you up to? Got my license back. Yes. Also got coffee for y'all. She turns back to the lore, which is pointing with the hand knot in Tara's to her torn bag. What? Oh, I know you like a lot of sugar, so I said two but extra pumps. Thank you. Uh, my bag. Tara notices that her journal is jutting out of the opening. She holds it up. This? It lets go of Tara's hand, taking her journal so lightly. In Dylan's eyes, these objects are doing this themselves. Still not great on the psyche. Oh, what? You looking for something? Are you talking to me? No, friend. Okay, so. You remember the thing that ripped up Logan's car? Uh, yeah. Dylan nervously gestures towards its general direction. Absolutely desolate. Is it here? No. One like it is, but this one is blue. It's been in the hall for a while. Logan's seen it around, too. Uh, oh? What, what does it want? It looks at her, then around them. It moves past Tara and Dylan into the Hall of Offices. It holds the notebook up to a nondescript landscape painting on the wall outside of Logan's. It waits for Tara to completely understand the implications. She does not. It leafs through the journal and opens it to the orange lore and holds that up to the painting. They're in the painting? Head tilt, unsatisfied. It flips while holding the pages in place to the painting. Dylan... Mesmerized, watches these things levitate. I don't know what it's trying to do. Is it referencing something else? Why? Light brightens. 
It shifts into the corner where the second floor fern plant sits. It moves to touch it, then thinks better of it. Instead, it points. Fern? What about ferns? A painting with ferns? Or is it, like, referring to, like, the color? Light brightens. Green! The, uh, the green one of you? Oh, there's green? Great. That's the worst one. (sighs) Worse than murdering a car? Yep. Okay, green picture. Yes, sorry, I didn't get to drawing one yet. The lore holds the picture up to the painting again. A painting? You know of a painting somewhere? Oh, Tara, so do you. There's one in the Chapel of Living Things. It's a painting with the green lore. Is that what you're talking about? Light brightens. Dylan, you've got your license back, right? Yeah. Let's go. Oh, good. Dylan parks along the curbside at the edge of a dense, dark patch of woods. Tara and Dylan feverishly kick off their shoes and socks. The blue lore stays in the car. Well, come on. It shakes its head. What's going on? It's just sitting there. Is it scared of chapels? Oh, is it like Auntie, uh, they? The lore shakes its head again, a bit slower, confused. It appears to make a decision and touches its bare foot or hoof or appendage to the ground. The color is drawn into the grass. The blue lore of Lyapal quickly recalls its leg back into the car. Nature hurts you. Oh, same. I get rashes and stuff. It's nasty. The staff makes sense now. Amphorn was on to something, huh? Okay, so you stay in the car and we'll go check out the painting, okay? The lore brightens its light. Tara makes to leave, but it waves its lanky arms, stretching the light towards her. It wants her to take it, and she does. It is different in here during the day. Light dashes in through the gaps of the canopy above. At the mouth of one of the branching off halls stands a folkish figure with a wolf's head. It holds a bucket. Wise woman, welcome back. Hello. Have we met before, or are you a different folk? We've met. Good to see you again. Um, uh, there's a painting. Which hall is that down? The work of Amphorn. The groundskeeper points. Great, thanks. Fingers off the painting. This time, please. Okay. Dylan, let's go. Tara and Dylan come across the same large mural embedded into the branches of the wall. They watch the painting for a vacant little bit. So, what are we looking for? Clues. Is that the green thing you were talking about? Yeah. Maybe that's where it's from. And this where she is referring to is... Somewhere red? Nondescript. I don't think that's what the blue one wants. Tara sets aside the staff and notes the patches of greenery peeking through the edges of the painting. Wait, it's a... Mike was talking on and on about this. It's like a fancy word that means something. It was like something that's made away from... uh, Mm, Sensing important. Like a mar... Morrow... Morrow... No... Maraflage? Yes! How'd you know? I looked it up just now when you were saying those things. Read me the definition. A technique for affixing a painted canvas to a wall. Like plaster, right? 
Uh, yeah? Last time Tara checked, Plaster was not classified as a living thing. She jams her fingers between the wall and the picture. To be fair, she's still not touching the painting. Though the groundskeeper is still valid, and their tangible resentment as they turn the corner to see Tara trying her hand at ripping priceless artifacts from the chapel's walls. Wise woman! Amforn's prophecy! How could you? Uh, hey, she's a prophetess. And that permits her to destroy the work of those before her? Tara pulls at a branch, locking the left bottom corner in place. It snaps off in her hands. She throws it aside. I'm so sorry. Tara's working right now. If you have any inquiries, you can schedule an appointment online. Working? This is for your craft? Yes, this is official Great Day business. Please stand aside. I... We'll restore it to its original state within the next seven business days. Okay, but I'm going to have to alert the priestess. Will do. Please stand aside. I... All right. Completely and utterly distraught, the groundskeeper leaves the way they had come. Good thinking. Thanks. Dylan takes on the other side. Success! They peer back at the wall... Seeing now that the painting was as suspected, covering a large gap in the wall of ivy and leaves. Trees seem to twist around it, creating a pod of empty space that is bathed in darkness. Whoa. Until something blue flutters inside. Aha! A familiar yet different presence is here. A blue lore, matching with the one in the car except even taller, wrapped around itself as if stranded on an island of paintings of a similar, abstract, and colorful nature to the one protecting this site. Using them almost as a lifeboat, but its soul is just still draining. Or perhaps already, for the most part, drained. Suddenly walking this chapel barefooted feels flaunting. This one does not wave. It can barely lift its head, but it tries to, to acknowledge. Tara holds a hand out, welcoming. Hello. I'm Tara, prophetess. Can you speak? This blue lore raises its head, slowly. Okay. That's okay. I have this little light. I'm going to give it to you. When you make it brighter, that means yes. When you dim it, that means no. Okay? She offers it to the lore. It takes it. Can you understand me? Half-lit. Okay. Okay. Great. We have... Uh, some... Something? Some folk? One who looks a bit like you. Back in the car. Body language livens, but a head tilt? Uh, it doesn't know what car means. Outside. They can't come in. How long have you... This chapel is pre-prophetic. Are you? Head tilt. Old? Are you old? Solemnly. The light brightens. It points to Dylan, head tilt. That's my friend, Dylan. Ah, it understands. It points towards the wall then itself. They're your friend? That's nice. They're, uh, they're safe with us. Light brightens. Good. Good. Before it drops the light, 
body shimmering with flickers. It tumbles into the leaves and, still and kindly, without a second thought, offers it back. As it takes it... Oh, whoa. Dylan can see it now, too. In awe, Dylan perceives as Tara does. So much flies through his head that I don't dare walk us through it. Uh, hey. Light brightens. How are you? Light dims. Sorry, buddy. Were you trapped here? Light brightens. Did Amphorn do this? Or, or like a prophet? Wise woman? Seer? Light dims. Did one of you? A tilt. From both the lore and Terra. What do you mean? Well, you said there's more of them, right? Did one of them do this? Its entire body flickers. The light in its hands does as well. The blue lore looks past them, then up. Then back down to Terra. Head tilt. It offers the light back. As Terra steps forward to take it, it, it reaches for Terra's staff. Wraps its webby fingers around it. Tara, look out. Wait. It gently pushes Tara away with this gesture as its color is swallowed into the wood. Wait, wait, no! Tara gently wrestles the staff back, but its dwindling grip tightens as the color fades. With its free, lanky, gooping arm, it points to the ceiling. Frozen in this position, only a stagnant, colorless shadow of itself remains. Whoa, did they, are they, uh, gone? If they're doing this to one another, that means they're not all working together. We've got different sides and stuff, like us. Like us? Well, folks are hardly ever on the same wavelength. Hmm. What's it pointing at? Dylan's looking up, placid. Tara follows the shadow's warning, and she sees a familiar fiend. It's talons, or legs, or appendages, jab, unscathed into the leafy ceiling. They're not all working together, and they don't have all the same weaknesses. Get to the car! Why? We need to go! Now! Agnes has arrived at Rourke's apartment, which she still mentally, for the moment, had begun to call home. Hey, Bean? There are boxes. A lot of them. Rourke rounds the corner with another box, smaller, with some things in it. Her things... her things are in it. What's going on? He's been crying. She understands immediately. Oh, Agnes gets it. Agnes gets it so much, and she already knew, of course, but oh, does she understand in this moment this thing that she's been doing and has done. And he seems to be waiting for her to say something about it. Oh, what could she possibly? I ended it. Rourke, I ended it, and- Did you love Eller? No. He said that. Do you love me? Yes! So, so much! But not the way one ought to, in the context of the relationship we are in. But I... 
You're my best friend. And I thought that you were my partner. Same thing. No. Yes, yes, it is. I love talking to you and... And I love you. I thought we were partners who were in love and we're going to work together. Uh, we are! I know you're not a super romantic folk, and that's okay. I never needed you to prove anything to me. I just wanted you, and I thought I had that for years. And now that I know that wasn't the case, this distorts everything. It embarrasses me. I am embarrassed. Aggie, I don't even think that I'm that mad at Eller. I'm mad that you knew what things meant to me, and you abused that. Bean, we're done. I'm sorry. Thank you. We're still done. Okay. Do you have somewhere you can go? I... I can go back to the hall. Yeah. Does Lucy know? Yeah. And you still have your job? Yeah. That's kind. You should call someone. Have them pick you up. I packed most things for you, but I know you like to keep some things certain ways, so I didn't touch those. Okay. Rourke shuts the bedroom door behind him. Agnes finds herself alone in a place that isn't hers. And she numbly dials the only folk she can think of right now. But Luciana doesn't pick up. The family must be busy. L? Ellie? I... Look, I'm, I'm sorry if I made you mad. I, I just want to talk about it. A door opens, but it's the one next door. Dune stands, tired, with a neon bandage on his chin. Wanna smoke her out? Um, how? Dune goes back into his room. Dune, you're a piece of shit! No, you! You're being so fucking rude! Just talk to Mike! No! Turn your fucking alarm off! Okay, okay! Sorry. Is Mikey gone? No, I'm Then here. go away! No! Ellie slowly opens the door and incredulously watches her oldest brother. And then... Uh, and then... You were going to let me go through five years of college for nothing? Then what, be a martyr for a job you don't want? I just don't want you to be forced into doing something that you don't want to do. I already said that I want it. Why don't you believe me? Because you're so stressed right now, and I just want you to be happy. And I just want you to be happy, and you're not. Because you're not happy. Because you're not happy. Then be chief. Just have it. I can't just have it. Eller has been standing at the mouth of the hallway for how long? and has just made himself known. He is a cool simmer amongst the flames, but not in any helpful sort of way. I mean, she has a point. She's last in line. There's a very real possibility Well, that... what? Do you want it, Eller? Actually, I... Dune's door flies open. He's red in the face with tension. Look, I'm sorry that I made things worse. What does this have to do with you anything didn't. I'm Stop saying? Stop saying you're sorry for stuff you shouldn't be sorry for. Okay, sorry. Dune. <sighs> I am. 
I put all this pressure on you all. I did this to you. Thought I was making things easier by not being eligible, but I fucking fucked up and now you're stressed and Mike's stressed and Ellen's- I'm fine. Oh, of course you are. We get it. You're better. Why are you yelling at me? This is all about fucking Mike manipulating you all into taking his job. We know I suck, Eller. We get it. Oh, do you? No, he doesn't suck. Are you fucking kidding? He punched you in the face! Okay, that did make me mad a little. I'm so sorry. But I know you didn't mean to. I'm over it. Oh, because it was meant for me. And I am not over it. You deserved I, it. You weren't I, even there. I was I, there and you deserved it. Why are you mad at me? Why does this always turn on me? Because you're a dick! For what? Pointing out the obvious that a basket case shouldn't be our fucking chief? I- And I am not talking about just fucking Mike. Hey! hey! I just want everybody to be happy. No one's happy we've established this. W but why? Hey! Logan has arrived. Luciana has revisited. What's going on? It will be okay. No, no, it won't be. Okay, why? Because if dad died tomorrow, I'd be the only one eligible. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No one's doing anything wrong. Stop apologizing. And I don't want it. Do you mean that? Yes. Why don't you? See? Do you see? When I say I want to be chief, it's all, oh, you sure, Ellie, you little dumbass? But when Mikey says he doesn't, it's all, you sure, you fucking genius? Those were never my words. She's got a point, Dad. Oh, let me handle it. I am agreeing with you. Well, stop. Look, I was fine for years and then got colon cancer. We, we know. I'm just saying, you can't know what will happen, and I don't know how long I'll be around. So I just want you all to feel prepared for what might happen. And that, Dad, is what makes me tense. Yeah. yeah. I don't... Ah, <clears throat> uh, do you hear that? Exactly. This, this is what listening sounds like. I don't understand. Could you please explain what you mean? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? What makes you tense? Please tell me about it. I don't want to be chief. And I know that complicates everything. This is a fucking joke. No, no. We aren't responding right now. We're listening. Mikhail, continue. And, like, selfishly, of course, but also not, because I don't think I'd be good at it, and it would be a train wreck, Dad. And not like an underdog train wreck where I turn out to be really good at it. I mean, like, this chiefdom could spontaneously combust because I hate politics and making decisions, and it makes me so anxious all the time. I am really sorry that I punched Dune in the face, and I'm sorry for intending to punch Eller. And I know there are duties, and of course I'll do whatever anyone needs me to, but I don't know what it's like to not have this pressure on me. I, 
I came home to heal, and now that I have, I'm just too afraid to go do things I really want to do again, though. So, like, I might as well not do things I would like to, I mean. Okay. Thank you. We're going to ask every folk this. I'm not ignoring what you just said. I just want all of you to have a chance to speak. Okay? Okay. Sure. <clears throat> but before we do, is there anything else you would like to add? And I feel like Ellie hates me. I, I don't. Shh, sweetie. Sorry. <laughs> and, and that makes me really sad. That's all I'd like to say. Thank you, Mikhail. Dune, why are you tense? Because, well, I don't want to be chief either. And I, like, I care about social issues and stuff. I'm just not great at talking, like, all fancy about it. And I'm not very personable. So I don't think I'd be a good leader in this grand sense. But I also feel very useless right now. I know... I know I haven't been doing anything, and it's not like I want to be lazy, I just... It's been so hard to even get out of bed in the morning, and I have a lot of work to do emotionally and spiritually, and I want to do it before I even think about trying to do big-scale chief stuff, you know? But I don't feel like we have those resources to, like, become better folks. Because, like, I feel like everyone's watching us. And none of you trust me with important tasks, and it makes me feel real insecure, y'all. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Eller, why are you tense? I'm not tense. You seem tense. I'm not. I, I don't know if I want to be chief. I like the option... And I haven't thought about it because Mike's been so hot and cold about it and Allie's been all me, me, me. And I would like to be useful. I, I want to make an impact and I have good ideas. And I'm pretty good at problem solving and I think I'd make a good chief. But I also really am liking the whole engineering side of the distribution plant. I think I could make some easy reputation in there and chiefdom might hold me back. But I could do it no problem. And like... Obviously, this family runs off of favoritism, so doesn't matter. Okay. Is that all? Uh, Luciana is watching Eller extra hard right now. He doesn't seem to notice. Yep. Ellie, what about you? I want to be chief. I think. I don't know. I don't know, but... I love social reform and debating and talking about logistics and sides and stuff. And I really want to pursue poli-sci, like, objectively. I mean, it is all I've ever known. And I know it's made me kind of feel like I hate all of you a bit. And I don't, Mikey. I'm just afraid and mad at how the system works because I don't get a choice. I don't. Because if none of you three want it, then it goes to me automatically if I like it or not. So I might as well learn to like it, you know? 
And I worked my ass off in school and I like don't have many friends because of all the work and work and work and I want a break. I don't want school or homework or speeches or Donovan F throwing things at me, but I don't not want it forever. I just want a break and then go back to it. Okay. Uh, Lucy, are you tense? Uh, a little. I want to be a family and we haven't been. What about you, Lo? Hmm. I have been worried <clears throat> and frustrated because it's true that we don't know what's going to happen. If I hypothetically die tomorrow, I can't help but worry about what I'm leaving behind. I hear you. And may I speak into that? Absolutely. I would still be here. There would be a buffer period, at least. You won't get thrown into anything, ever. None of you. But if you both died... I personally don't think that's going to happen. You're right. Even if it does, I... I trust you all. You can work together to figure it out. What do you know? You shit in a bag. I... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, <laughs> no no daddy got you fair and square right no you're right 20 years of ruling a chiefdom but useless because <laughs> because you can't use the toilet <laughs> gross what is happening say what you want about Eller but hey that folk he shits but my dad <laughs> not, not once <laughs> this is a very serious condition that kills thousands of folks a year. The fact that I am alive is a modern technological phenomenon. And it's not like I've never shit in my life. Uh, okay, I think it's time to put this back in the bag. Ew! No, I'm not like... <laughs> <laughs> this is rough. Look, I'm not going anywhere for a while. And mom is still gonna be here too. I don't know who's going to be heir, and right now, I really don't care. Because at this point, we're barely a family, and that's on me. On all of us. We need to lay off. Okay? I want you to be children, or grown-ass adults, or whatever you want. Please. Do what you need to do. Stop using this position as an excuse. We'll reconvene on what's going down in 20 years. Okay? Mikhail, we're sorry for the pressure we've been putting on you. It's not fair. Thanks, Mom. And do we're sorry for not listening to your needs. We'll get you some resources, what, whatever you need. I'll think about it. Thank you. Eller, we're sorry that things can seem a little unbalanced sometimes. I want you to succeed, and I am really proud of you. Okay. Ellie, I'm so sorry we've been contributing to your stress. 
You mentioned wanting a break, like a gap year? Maybe. Maybe I want to take a gap year. Wonderful. I endorse this. Mikhail, what about you? I want to... I want to start making stuff again. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to make now? Uh, I don't know. I just, at some point, would like to. Maybe not a sculpture of your romantic partner this time. Yeah, it's kind of like getting a tattoo of someone's name, huh? Oh, ew, wait. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, yeah. <laughs> Dune, what about you? I'm going to take the apprenticeship. That's so exciting. What apprenticeship? Oh, oh, there's a tailor in the market district. Her name's Ovia. She hand makes. It's really cool. And it's like a real job. I'm so proud of you. When does that start? OMGT, I forgot to ask. You should do that. (laughs) And what about you, Eller? I'm going to keep doing the exact same thing I've been doing. Sounds great. The Lyoth family descales the stairs, roasting each other lovingly, headed towards the kitchen for some much-deserved post-fight chicken tendies. They barely sit down when the dining room doors open again. Tara's home, and so is Dylan. Logan notes the blue lore of Lyoth Hall between the two. All three of them look a little worse for wear. Hair askew and Tara's jeans dirty. What? Speedy Mountain Lion! Speedy Mountain Lion! Intermission. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Pop on in to Lucky Dutch Bakery, located in Newburgh, Oregon, on the corner of First and Blaine. They feature an assortment of baked goods prepared fresh daily, including a wide variety of gluten-free options. You can also stop by for some tea or fair trade coffee to accompany your delicious delights. And, while you're there, sign up for the reward system. For every dollar you spend, you earn points that can be redeemed for more baked goods, up to an entire cheesecake. Lucky Dutch is open Wednesday through Saturday. Stop by, and we'll see you there. Well, 
let's get back to it. Okay. There is a blue lore here. Tara, I understand that you're stressed, but no one knows what you mean when you say that. Okay. There is a long, staticky, blue, goopy, folkish creature here. A what? Like from your journal? Yes. Can you see it? No, I'm sorry. You literally did nothing wrong. Here's the plan. I- I'm sorry. We're kidding, right? No. Okay, well, raise your hand if you see it. Tara, Logan, and Dylan's hand shoot up. <laughs> what? There are two other kinds. There are orange ones, which we haven't seen yet, and they're really mean. There's a green one, too, that talks. Raise your hand if you can or think you have heard it. Dylan and Logan's hands drop. Ellie, that thing that was talking to you during graduation was that thing. Whoa! Ellie's hand joins the fray. What? Dune? Anything? Um, uh... Okay, it's fine. Folks, into the main hall, please. Quick rundown. The lore are sensitive to living things, like my staff. So that's really the key to staying safe. If you can get them What is that? Is that it? You see it? No, no, that sound, like... What about that one? Does that count? Ah! Luciana Caesar Orange Fiend. Interesting. Tara's staff is flung. Logan pulls her away as this happens, narrowly saving her from getting flung alongside it. Break! What does that mean? Split! The party splits. To the left, Luciana, Logan, Eller, Tara, and the Blue Lore. To the right, Dune, Dylan, Ellie, Mikhail. Each side fragments further as the family gets a little frantically lost in their own home. Wait, where's Mike? Is he dead? I don't know, I don't know. Wait, Dune! Some unseen force topples Dune off his balance. Dylan catches him from tumbling off the stairs, and they careen backwards, collapsing to the ground. The clicking fades. They've not been targeted yet. You saved me. Yeah. Yeah. OMGT, it's like Sarah and Anastasia, that one CNC session where we had to stave off the angry jugglers and morose clowns so Igor could find the verification stamp for the exemption papers. Except Tara's Igor and we're Sarah and Anastasia. <laughs> well, Tara's Kiki. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, well, not exactly Sarah and Anastasia. I mean, they're like dating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, uh, I... Uh, I think I know. Yeah, but I have to say it. Like now? Um. Like now, now, yeah. Uh, Dune, Dylan. Um. Dill, I. Oh, I can see it. Not a speedy mountain lion. Ah! Dune, for the first time, spectacles what Luciana and Tara both see. It drops from the ceiling onto the banister. Dune gets a rather stunning idea. He approaches the family fern bush. Help me out here. Good thinking. <sighs> This family fern bush smushes over the head of the orange lore, angering it and discombobulating it. It retreats, scrambling clumsily up another floor. I'm not even gonna look! Let's throw another one! So smart, yes! They take a vase and chuck it too, just as Agnes gets home from her prolonged walk of absolute desolation. She briefly and tearfully wonders where the family is, approaching the stairwell. Yeet! and narrowly escapes a falling glass vase. Oh, sorry, Agnes! Thought you were a lore. Oh, what? Come up here now. It's not safe. 
not really in a game mood, guys. Have you been crying? So, what's chasing you? Uh, uh, orange mushroom spider boy! Get up here! Wick! Okay. Across the house, Eller and Luciana prowl the upper residential halls. Luciana armed with a potted succulent. Eller carrying nothing beside her. Well, uh, Mom, I need to tell you something about Agnes. Agnes told me all about it. So you fired her? No. Luciana continues on, lingering at the brink of corners. Huh? But she- You made the decisions that you made, and now you get to live with the consequences. You broke up this relationship, you intentionally prolonged it, you consensually made the decisions you made, and I'm not firing Agnes for that. She is a fantastic employee. You were possessive. You were marking your territory like this was some juvenile pissing contest. You made a decision that was not yours to make. You would have liked someone to tell you about Dad. And he did. Well, what reason did he give you? He didn't give me a reason because he's a smart man who knew even then that there wasn't one. Well... You're the rourke of the whole fucking thing. That, that's why you're upset, because you are a loser. You mean that? I... I... <laughs> they turn the corner and collide with Logan and Tara. The blue lore is no longer with them. Where it has gone, Tara is a bit too preoccupied at the moment to care. Hey. Hello, go, go, go! It's right there! Oh, it's like right there! Luciana chucks the succulent. The pot bounces off its head. It shakes it off. Shoot! I found it! I found the staff! Maybe don't announce it, girly girl? The lore peels off towards Ellie's voice in the main hall. Tara, is it any living thing? I guess. He punches at air. It's not there anymore, but hey, what a good thought. Come on! They follow it. Ellie Lyeth rounds the corner, booking it down the strip with Tara's staff in hand. I got it! I got it! Ellie, the rug is... Ellie trips. The staff bounces rather flawlessly on its ends and slips through the banister. <gasps> it's down here. Yes, Mikey! What are you doing down there? I got stressed and lost y'all. That's okay. Okay, come up and wait. What? Shh. Ellie shuts her eyes and listens so hard. It sounds like it's treading on carpet, right? She's not on the carpet. That's good. She's safe. There's only carpet on the first floor hall, and, uh, Mikhail is on carpet down there, and great that he can't see it, neither can she. Oh, Ellie musters up so much courage here. She shuts her eyes and listens hard, then opens them again and peers down on her clueless big brother. Okay, Mikey, um, uh, it's coming, and... I believe you. Okay, I hear it. It's coming up behind you. Which way? Stab left. Left is... Oh, Mikhail's doing directions. Excuse him. Now. He does. With absolute fervor. Did I get it? Okay, yeah, I think so. Wow, you okay? Yes. Great. Meet us at the stairwell. Okay. Mikhail and Agnes collide at the base of the stairwell. <sighs> Wait, you're playing this? Playing? Uh, no. There are invisible monsters trying to eat... Or impale. Murder! Tara, I'm trying to get her staff back so they don't. Uh, do that. Okay. Agnes, you're okay! What are you doing here? Uh, get upstairs, get upstairs. 
Mikhail and Agnes join Dune, Dylan, and Ellie on the second floor. Eller, Luciana, Logan, and Tara collide with them. There it is. Thank you. You're alive. Is everyone okay? Where's the lore? Tara notes the completely beheaded lore in the central hall. Whoa. I killed one, I think. Uh, Are there more? Oh, shoot, are there? I don't hear anything else. Was it just the one? I think so. Wow. Great work, all of you. Yeah, Yeah, really good work. Is everybody okay? Wait, Tara, what? Agnes sees green. But an odd, odd green. Bulbous. That thing? You two. Two? Tara takes off after it. Tara. Where is she? Um. Another, another. Of what? Okay, let her do her thing. We'll do ours. Tara follows the green lore all the way to her own room. It's running from her now. Or rather hovering, if we're to be accurate. It seems stressed. What a fabulous change of pace, as its orbicle features scrunch up when it realizes it's hit a dead end in Tara's living space. Oh, wait, uh, hey! Hey! Tara raises her staff and gives it a hefty smack in the face. Ow. Tara pulls back. The green one stands complacent, rubbing its head, hazy eyes narrowed, annoyed, simply. Oh, so you're not much of a fighter? And you're not much of a planner. Don't you have a prophecy tomorrow evening? Maybe I will. And if not? Then Vallis doesn't need one. (laughs) It can't be that simple. Maybe it can. And that's what's the frustrating part. This back and forth is tiring. Then stop talking to me. No, you. No, actually, you. You are the weird glowing thing invading this territory and harassing Lyoth Hall. (laughs) So you think you're special. That this pertains just to you. Now that's interesting. You've been here, and yet nothing has changed. Well, good. That's not why I'm here. You're the only one who can see us. There's four more in this building alone. And Joan. I mean, Vallis is. You need to help others. I'm doing that here. You're useless here. Then why do you want me to leave? Just so we're clear, I'm not leaving, I mean. No, what? You'll tell everyone about me? Am I your big prophecy? No. It'd be a fool's errand to tell the territory about you now, but now I have more evidence than I did, which means there is more, and I'm going to find it, and once I have that, they'll all know. No, they won't. They won't ever. No matter how hard we try. Or you try. Or anyone. I see. May we give them another chance? Head tilt. Why? Do they deserve it? Tara shrugs. (laughs) Do any of us deserve anything? A fresh orange lore trickles into the room via ceiling and drops behind Tara, pinning her between orange and green vibrancies. Great day! How many of you are there? Oh, lay off! You really think this was the move, you dumbass? How... How many did you even bring? It bats its legs about. This clicking is rhythmic. That was a bad idea. Bad. What was your plan even? Did you hurt anyone? Uh, yeah, it did. Tara flashes her arm towards them. That's not nice. No, no, no. 
I apologize on their behalf. They... It looks past her, annoyed. Ah. Hello. And ah, the blue lore's here, and hey, that's a party in my book. The colors radiated from these three mesh and meld in chaos and clashing palettes as they approach one another. Oh, the balance of power here is immaculately dodgy. The orange one makes a move forward again, sending Tara retreating back a bit into the doorway. Okay, you're done here. And the green one shoves the orange one into the back wall. No, holy shit. Through the wall. Breeze trickles in through this new, gigantic hole in Tara's living room. The green lore turns to Tara, and she momentarily fears that she's next. Been wanting to do that. Felt good. Yeah? For affirmation, it turns to the blue lore, which drops the light bulb, and touches Tara's radio on the kitchenette counter. You do now. Me? No. It pressures the green lore towards the gap in Tara's wall. That's fine. Don't like it in here. Then why come? You are interesting to me. I'll be around. If you need me. Prophet. The green lore drops off into the night. Tara is interested in so many things that just happened. And the blue lore allows her this space to wonder silently, taking its hand from the radio. Did you know you could do that? Head tilt. The Lyoth family and friends pile into Tara's room, ruminating on the events of the night and the absence of Tara's wall. I oh, can't, God, I so can't believe it. Don't I get so an entire whoa. fern onto that bitch? It was so good. good. Yeah, you're fern. Yeah, 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 yeah. It still got away, though. Went up. It. Down. Went up. Holy shit. What do they want? Us to understand. Do we? No. Not yet. We will, though. Tara stands on the edge of this new opening, overlooking the Rocky Mountainside. The wind whips the grayest strands of hair out of her updo, prophetic staff firmly gripped in her hands, standing securely and confident in that security. Oh, she's wearing green overalls. They look great. You're looking so good, Tara. Immaculate vibes. You should probably get cleaning up. It's late. The hall opens early. Yes, let's... Let's go do that, kids. Okay, mm, nobody's uh, hurt. I can't believe Logan and Tara watch the blue lord tiptoe back down the hall. So, what is it? I don't know. But they don't seem to like it. Which means we probably should. It likes the Lyaths. I think because you're a family. And I think it lost someone today. <laughs> How frustratingly vague. Or refreshingly simple. <laughs> Will you be okay with it here? Already have been. 
only changes the kids. Uh, others, for the most part, can see them too. Will you be okay? Yeah. I'm home, finally. I think. Tara and Logan look out of the gaping hole in the wall. The last shard of glass hanging on to the window falls. I do, however, think it's time that I move out. Yes, I suppose so. Did it do that thing to my car again? Yeah, I wouldn't bother taking it in if I were you. Huh. It is the day of the prophecy, and life in Vallis continues. Ovia, shop owner of On the Mend, finds that she's woken up later than intended. Her sister Joan shambles about the kitchenette of their townhouse, still in pajamas. Joan, what time is it? Uh, 9.30. Well, 9.25, but... I need to have left ten minutes ago. Can't you run? Not in the ceremonial robes, no. Where are they? Uh, I don't know. Did you check the wash? Did you put them in the wash? They were in the dirty pile, so yeah. It's hand wash only. Well, it should say that. It does. On the tag. Well, you should hand wash that mask because that shit stank. I've tried everything. You haven't tried burning it. <sighs> yes, and I wonder why. Ovia skirts around her sister, yanks her priestess robes from the dryer, fussing at the extensive wrinkles. She delicately pins her hair, washes her face, moisturizes and color corrects, and applies her retinal creams. Then, taking three deep breaths, she puts on the deer mask. Across Vallis, at this same time, Tara lies on her bed. She prophesies in seven hours now, and she isn't waiting, though she may seem like it. She just is. She's present and existing in this moment. She listens to the hum of life outside, to the breeze through the gaping hole in the wall. And it is enough. No wise words have come to her. No decrees from the future other than what we already know. Those universal truths already in countless books and literature and art. She simply feels ready. Ready for whatever. Ready to present to the folks of Alice. Ready to be perceived and perhaps ready to be fired if they just don't like that she has nothing fancy to say. You're here, right? That is enough for now. Tara adorns the powerful bumblebee once again, grabs her staff, and, after a slight shiver at some chill in the air, throws on her heavier, deep green cloak. Uh, why? It's kind of cold. Might rain. I don't know. Valid. Tara goes about her day. Ellie has slept in and makes breakfast now in the kitchen, alongside Mikhail, who's organizing leftovers in the fridge. Hello. Hey. hey. Where are you headed, Tara? On-site inquiry. Oh, you're doing those now? Yeah, I am. They note her rain cloak. 
They look at each other, and as Tara leaves, they wonder if they missed a memo. She waves a good morning to Logan, whose office door is cracked open, and grabs her bag. She walks for a bit along Vallis's middle town until she finds the circle entrance to Flodale Ale House. The bartender is still right where she left them with the promise of a meeting. Better late than never. Completely. Hello. I know it's been a while since we've talked about meeting. I apologize. I've been adjusting. That's totally fine. I know life can be busy. What's your inquiry? Well, uh, I just wanted to ask how you know that you're in the right place. I think I'm content with where I am and what I'm doing, but how do I know what I'm meant to be doing? Honestly, that's an interesting thing to bring up. I wonder about it a lot too. No, oh, sheesh. <laughs> <laughs> they talk and it's lovely, simple. As the session ends, Tara departs with Fodale Alehouse's bartender. They note her rain cloak on the way out. Elder returns home from his internship to find his two brothers on the first tier roof, covering the solar panels with imbar tarps. What are you doing? Tara said it was gonna rain. You know these can't get wet. When did she say that? Uh, today. The season isn't over yet. Says who? The sun? We need those still. Well, if it doesn't rain, we'll just take it down tomorrow. Ugh. And Vallis churns through the day. Soulless blares on, but it's getting hard to ignore the clouds ruffling in through the mid-morning and afternoon. And eventually, it's later. It's time, Tara. Okay. With solemn calm, Tara exits Lion Hall. And something's off about Vallis. Not maniacally or inherently bad, just the palette has shifted. The glint of many solar panels has been taken away by dark tarps. Folks have swapped their radiant solace cloaks and shirts and sundresses, or dressed them up rather enigmatically with umbrellas, opened to the evening sun, now veiled by a kind layer of fluffy clouds. Hmm. Yeah, they're pretty nice clouds, huh? When's the last time you saw those? She arrives at the marketing district, where a large conglomerate of folks have arrived, and many look forward to the makeshift stage where Logan and the priestess stand, but many too look up into the sky. They part for Terra. What's everyone doing? Waiting. For what? The prophecy. Yes. Well. Hello, folks. I would... Shh. I thought we were over this. Look. All of Vallis seems to be holding its breath. Looking up at the clouds now blanketed overhead and... Well, welcome to Imbar, Tara. It rains. It rains for the first time in Vallis since Solus began. And it will rain until Imber ends. And Tara wonders why this is significant. Until she notes that she's not getting wet. No, her rain cloak repels the drops. Her rain cloak. Such an unseasonal wardrobe choice, yet she's been wearing it all day. And hadn't even noticed her giving it a thought. Tara laughs. 
She laughs with the children who bat at the raindrops. And she laughs because she doesn't see exactly what it is she did for these folks. But she knows it's something. And I think that's the best that any of us can do. Right? The folks have dispersed to their homes to prepare. The ones who already have feel awfully lofty. Little Naya frolics home behind her sister Nola, both adorned in rain boots. Logan, the priestess, and Tara remain sitting on the stage. Tara gets up for a walk, but is apprehended. Tara, wait. Uh, priestess, we would like to bring to the triad a concern. There are creatures... Uh, we're doing this? ...invisible to most roaming Valis. Some malicious in nature. We aren't sure what they mean, but Tara's been fighting them alone. I don't think we ought to do that to her any longer. Invisible creatures? You still take me for a fool. No, he's telling the truth. And why is this only coming to me now? You wish to use this event as leverage for what? I saw it, too. Joan stands at the base of the stage, looking up. Saw what? It was a large, shadowy orange monster. Kind of like a spider with five legs. Its head was an oval. Its eyes were white. It stood from a distance until I met Tara at Fidel Alehouse. It chased us. It broke Tara's staff. That's why you went to the causeway? Yes. I stabbed it. Its color drained from its body into the ground and into the staff, and when I showed up for my next shift, it was gone. Joan can so perfectly picture Ovia's eyes behind the mask as the deer watches her in stunned silence. Is this true? Yes. Tara, do you need anything else from me? No, that's all. Thank you, Joan. See you Saturday. I'll need the night to think on this, prophetess. Fair. And now, it rains. Day and night and evening and every time in between. Tara loves it. Everyone else whips out the vitamin D supplements from their cupboards. A few days after the dust of Prophet Day Week settles, Willow, who has slept the typical eight hours a folk deserves last night, frolics into Tara's office. Hello, Willow. Hey, Tara. Last time I was summoned into a big O office, it wasn't good news. Well, good thing this is more of a glorified closet. <laughs> How are you? Honestly, I'm kind of floating. Metaphorically, not... Mm, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing with my life, and I'm older than I was the last time I didn't know what I was doing, you know? Mm. Yeah. But I will be okay. Yeah. Uh, what's... So what's up? I just wanted to talk to you. I was wondering what you were going to do about housing. Oh, uh, the guardianship's letting me chill until I find a place. No luck yet. Do you want to look together? Like why? You want to help? I mean, that'd be rad. You're so nice. Oh. I want to help. And I want to move in with you. Wait. Wait, really? Wait, really, really? Yeah! Ah! What about the hall? <laughs> I think the priestess was always a little right. 
I shouldn't live at one or the other. I need an in-between. I want to be with the average folks. That and my room is completely trashed. So... Ah, yes, yes, yes! That's me, Robies! Robies! Yes! Where are we even going to start looking? Well, I've been looking on Welp. You've and... already been looking! Oh, this friendship is blooming! Well, oh. we have firmly established that we're friends. I... Thank you. I really appreciate you. And I you, Malige. While back at the hall, Agnes has just gotten all settled back into her old room. She's not working today. After the school year ends, her workload dies down, and in these recent times, she sort of wishes that weren't the case. So she sits on her bed now, listening to music rather loud. Loud enough that whoever's knocking has to give it a few tries. Agnes opens the door for Ellie. Agnes? Yeah? Do you want to go shopping with me? Really? Yeah. I need Ember clothes. Well, I don't need Ember clothes, but buying useless shit sounds fun. Besides, I really would like to bother doing that work. Oh, me too. Sometime later, and Willow and Tara have moved into their new apartment, placed on the second floor of a rather cute cottagecore complex. We've been here before. Val's closets are all so small. Oh yeah, that's because we switch out seasonally, like, as a thing. Like, you will not see the sun for months, friend. Welcome to Ember! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all this stuff? You won't need it for a hot sec. So, you put it in a little bin under your bed, actually. It's... Rourke, the owner of this apartment, and the roommate in the room adjacent, passes by with a load of hangers. I have so many bins. Take one. Take three. Two's dandy. Oh, dandy. What smells good? I made welcome home pasta. <gasps> Cute. Is there wine? Nope. Oh, beans, dude. Absinthe on the top shelf. <laughs> oh, pop off. <laughs> Rourke sits on his couch that he bought for himself. And that same night, Logan Lyoth arrives home just in time for his own dinner plans. At the side entrance, he shakes out his rain cloak. On his way to the dining room, he finds his partner. Looking lovely, of course. Hey. Hey. They enter the dining room, together and take a moment to watch their four children set the table. Mikhail and Dune and Eller and Ellie. Do you ever wish things were different? Yes. I'd love to be sunning myself in Araterba, but that doesn't mean I want things to change, even if that were possible. We made good things here. Do you? No. We wouldn't have all four of those. And I wouldn't have you. <laughs> Kinda cringy, don't you think? <laughs> Perhaps. At one point. But not now. I'm sorry. Ellie whaps June with a dish towel. <laughs> You've been forgiven for 17 years. I've been, uh, thinking about us oh there's this program where we can work together on growing and speak freely of the past and deal with things in a healthy way 
I'm not, of course, worried or mistrusting or anything, but I think, I think there's always room to heal. It's a date. I don't know why that made me so nervous. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nervous? Asking out your crush. Yeah, actually. Logan and Luciana join their family at the table. Hey, hey welcome, welcome back. Uh, nice of you to join us. It was my dinner night again, and it's mac and cheese, homies. Hope you took your dairy pills this time. Of course not. Now, Mike, 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 what were you saying? Yeah, it was our last day for the Kiddos Do Art 2 program, so all of them were giving out their bye-bye presents. Bye-bye presents? Yeah, they're four, Agnes. Bite me. But Naya gifted Benton a literal belt. Wait, and why a belt? The kid cannot figure out the concept of pants. It's amazing. Belts are expensive. How did she even get one? Her mom probably thought it would be one of those cute, funny, passive aggressions toward Benton's mom. Asserting dominance. Okay, but I also wouldn't put it past Naya to have a side hustle, you know? My thoughts exactly! <gasps> you had a thing against pants at that age too, Dune. He has a thing against pants now. Bite me! They're so restrictive! Besides, I have a bomb-ass underwear subscription. The shit's breathable. I cannot be tamed. I cannot be tamed. Ew. No, she got you, Dune. Fair and square. Eller is here. I promise you. He's just not really engaging. He excuses himself to the kitchen for seconds, but truly just sets his plate in the sink and broods against the countertop for a bit. <sighs> Eller glances out to the window and... Someone is standing there that hadn't been just now. Hello? Tonsil, I swear to fucking Oh, no. It's not her. Think they. The bulbous green lore moves into the light of the door. Oh, what the fuck? What the fuck? To what, exactly? Is that how I look? Uh, yeah. You're what Tara and my dad were talking about, right? Huh. I kind of thought they were making it up. <laughs> and you see, I find that really interesting about you. Wanna come in? Oh, not allowed inside anymore. It's quite nice out here anyways. It wanders out back, waiting. While it waits, the green lore looks up towards the windows. The blue lore of Lyoth Hall looks down on it from above. They raise a hand to each other. Then the blue lore continues along. Eller joins the green lore outside on the bench. They sit comfortably together. What's on your chest? You have the weight of the world. I want to be chieftain. Tell me more. All right. Try mandate for fruit <clears throat> inspection. Signed by one Logan Lyeth, one priestess, and one Terra. <laughs> I've never noticed. Do you have a last name? Nope. Interesting. Why not? They actually don't do those where I'm from. We don't even get names until we're around four or five. When we can start talking, interacting with the world around us. Oh, wow. Yeah. Kind of weird, I guess. But 
I wasn't aware of that until I traveled for profit training. I do have a full name, however. Tara is a nickname? Why? Ugh, because it's short for Terabon. Ah, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But it's got a nice little significance, I guess. Terra means earth. Bon means beautiful. Or good. Your name is Good Earth. Ironic, huh? No. No. I suppose not. Logan, I'm here. Why am I here for this? It'll be quick. Don't worry. You ready to tell him? <sighs> yeah. Bring him in. Tara opens the door for our incredibly unsuspecting secretary. He bustles into the seat opposite his employer. Oh, hey, Tara. Priestess. What's up, y'all? Dylan? You're fired. The color completely drains from Dylan's little face. What? I... Did I do something wrong? No. Logan stands and offers his seat to Tara. She takes it. Dylan, you're hired. What? You want me to be your secretary? No. I want you to be my personal assistant. A prophet's personal assistant. Is that okay, Logan? I literally just fired you. Yes. Tara, I'm honored and humbled. I will do so good a job for you. It is 3.02. Dylan, could you, uh... Dylan, could you get the door? Uh, yeah. Dylan dutifully opens the door for his mother, Gwendoline. She envelops him in the warmest of hugs. Dilly! Mom! I just got fired! Oh? And hired by me. <gasps> what an honor! You treat him well, okay? Okay, Gwenda. Well, I'd love to chat for hours, but I do have a date planned for the night. Who is this time? JC, do you remember? Aw. Gwenda, good to see you again. How's your cat? Chief, honey's thriving. The causeway isn't. Speaking of, here's all the stuff you're doing wrong. An itemized list. Gwenda bats down a rather hefty book. Doing even marginally better isn't hard as it presents. May I show you what I mean? Please do. And, later still, the priestess has come around on the whole lore investigation. She, Logan, and Tara have spoken at great depths about how to move forward under this new light. The chief topic being, what do they look like? But, Tara is an inarticulate artist, and the trio truly has no idea what their new threat looks like. It sure would be handy to have a true-to-life rendering of the lore, but... Prophets aren't the most specific sort of artists. A terrible cost of the trade, I'm afraid. Oh ho ho, but where can Tara find an excellent tactile artist to help her clarify the lore and all of their staticky non-specificness? Good thing we already have an established artist at Lyoth Hall. Mikhail and Tara sit in the ceramics lab of the University of Ellis. Where do you want to start? The orange one. Great. Can you walk me through the drawing a little bit? Yeah. So these are arms and glowing eyes, and it's like, it's goopy. I don't know. What color is it? I just said it's orange. Yes, but what kind of orange? Between red and yellow. You know, I've actually got a color palette right here. Can you just point to it? 
OMGT, there's like 20 different colors. 24 different shades of orange, yeah. Oh, it's like a mix between those two. So, this one. Not really. Well, let's move back to the structure of the lore, because color is really the last step. How far along would that be? Like, weeks from now. We have time, Tear. But then how do you know what... Never mind. How do we know what color clay to use? I have since then realized my mistake. So, what had it looked like again? How about you just read my mind? Okay. Wow. Terry, you have a really low opinion of Eller. <laughs> okay, so kind of like a mushroom shape for the head and legs that go... Got it. Yeah. And, of course, one Saturday at Fodale Ale, Dylan and Dune finally decide to talk. Okay. Okay. I... I'm not ready. Uh, I can save it till later. Oh, no, sorry. I mean, look, I really like you. I really, really like you, OMGT! But I'm not ready. And it's not because I don't think you're incredibly funny and passionate, kind and wonderful. I do think those things. Yeah. Like, all the time. Holy fuck. Sorry. But I've just begun to find out, like what I want to do with myself, you know? And I need some time to settle in with those changes before the one relationship that means the most to me, besides my mom, changes too. Oh, yeah, yeah, I... I hear that. And, like, I'm starting a new job too, and I'm getting into counseling and stuff, so I guess I'm not really, like, ready either, but I really do like you. I, too, as well, think you are cute and funny and smart and whatever the other ones were. And, yeah, I, uh, yeah, just, I'm just glad we're on the same page. Same book, same page. Hmm. Hey, uh, do you want to go grab coffee tomorrow? Or are you going to be totally weird to me now? Do you have time? I've already been totally weird to you. That will not change ever. And I do have time. What a lovely thought. Well, our party awaits, Anastase. Mm-hmm. Kiki dives for the rehousing permit. Roll for vigilance. Oh! Ah! Oh, oh, go, Kiki, go! Yeah! The bitch is changing businesses! And we ain't signing any contracts! <laughs> nope. Yo, yeah! Yo, 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 yo. One perfectly gray day, Tara wanders into On the Mend and is greeted by the eagerest of dunes. Tara! Tara! Dune offers her a familiar friend. Her satchel. It's fixed. Finally. Imperfectly. With some loose thread loops and such as Dune still learns, but the embroidery is a kind sort of beautiful. It's a redwood. I don't know what it was before, but, like, this is the Vallis tree, and, well, you live here now, so. Tara touches her hand to her bag, tracing the pattern, and she is unable to muster that verbal thank you. 
Instead, she looks at Dune long and lovingly and takes great care in slinging it over her shoulder. And wonderfully so, Tara is not alone. And no one else is either. Hello, unfired clay jars. I am Hope Bellinger, director and producer of Average Folks. Thank you for listening to this episode. Sound design and mixing by Luke DeLorenzo. Original music composed by Liam Greenlee. We're going to list some VIFs, very important folks, that have made this adventure possible. Cameron Kisling. Day Thomas. Kayla Nickerson. Corey Patton. Sarah Fulton, Ali Schluchter, David Shelby, Lizard Sherbert, Dave and Ray, Austin R. Norton, Madeline McGowan, Kristen Simi. A big thank you to Rogue Media Network for all of their support. For updates and overall great vibes, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Average Folks Official. For further exploration, artwork, and merch, check out our website, average-folks.com. To contact us, email us at averagefolksofficial at gmail.com. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.